0: and welcome back to Turn the Page. I'm your host today, Jen, and I am here with the fantastic writer of many, many things, Uh, but we're here to discuss one thing in particular uh, about a turtle that I fell in love with. (laughs) Could I ask you to introduce yourself and your book, please? Yeah, hi. I'm excited to be talking with you today. I'm Sadia Faruqi. I am a
1: children's author. I write a lot of for different age groups, including the Yasmin series, which is an early reader series, and middle grade novels like Yusuf Azim is Not a Hero. And my latest book that I'll be talking about today is my first graphic novel, Saving Sunshine, which I have written but not illustrated. The illustrator is the very talented Shazleen Khan, um, but it I'm the writer on that. So I'll be talking at least from that perspective today. Yeah, so Saving Sunshine is a middle grade graphic novel. It is about a pair of twins, Zara and Zeesh. They're in seventh grade, and they really, really, really don't get along. They're always fighting, always playing pranks on each other, and their parents are really um, not only disappointed, but worried about how their relationship is disintegrating. Um, in the beginning of the story, they are on their way to a, to the beach for a week-long vacation, and... Um, on the way their parents has punishment for all their fighting, take their phones away and banish them to the beach to spend the entire week together. Um, Zara finds a turtle on the beach that's injured and she um, decides to take care of it because she's a big animal activist. She names the turtle Sunshine and poor Zish who doesn't care about Um, anything except space but now has to spend time with his annoying sister and his even and this turtle he doesn't care about so um, hopefully by the end of the book they might get to know each other a little bit better and get back to maybe being friends and saving their relationship while they also save this turtle called sunshine so that's the story
0: Thank you so much for joining us, Sadia. This is such a lovely book. And um, before we get into it too much, I'd love if you could start by telling us a little bit about your journey to the book. You mentioned some of the other things that you've written. Um, in particular, the Yasmin books are very popular at our library. Um Yay! and so yes oh I, I love recommending them to people and they're always a hit too um so could you um talk a little bit about yeah your journey to this book and maybe what made you want to approach uh graphic novels as a as a project i um the story idea
1: it, it's a story about a pair of twins that are not at all friendly with each other they're always fighting and um don't get along at all and um i usually write Everything I write comes from something around me and usually my kids and uh, my kids always used to be fighting um, not at all friendly with each other especially when I started this book and so <clears throat> that's where the idea of it came from um, but I had originally thought I would write it as my next middle grade novel um, as because I have written a few and I that's what I was thinking of doing but as I started writing um, and and coming up with the idea, uh, there's a lot in there that's more than just the overall story of a turtle. It's about microaggressions that, that um, kids face uh, if you are part of a certain identity. And I just felt more and more that um, just describing those issues and those um, themes and words would kind of take away from the impact of it. And if there was a way that um, those stories could be told in um, in a form of pictures, illustrations, art. I thought that it would have a better, uh, greater impact. And so I decided that this was just when graphic novels were starting to really become popular. Um, and so I decided to try it. Um, it's not as easy as it uh, may sound, writing a graphic novel, especially if you're not, the, also the artist is really hard. Um, And, uh, I had to kind of learn how to do that, but it was fun learning. I learned something new and, um, I thought that that was the best decision for the story to be told in that format.
0: Mm. Yeah. So so first off I did, I did, I was way too reductive to say it's about a turtle because that is only (laughs) one small part of it, but that was, uh, (laughs) what leapt to mind during my intro. Um, but to the other part, it's on the cover. So, (laughs) you know, the turtle's on the cover the iconic sunshine um but um i was really taken by what you just said because you know it occurred to me that yeah like for a lot of the stuff that you're talking about like the the everyday microaggressions and sort of the way that it impacts people not only um in terms of like how they react out loud but how they emotionally process graphic novels are great for that because you can do a lot with facial expressions and how people are moving away from or towards each other and you know all that kind of visual stuff that really I think communicates that really well um yeah could you talk a little bit about um how where the two main characters came from and sort of um what shaped uh their journey you know through this story and how did you do how did you pick the sort of um uh, I guess both the nature of their conflict with each other and like their conflict with the kind of the world around them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um,
1: so I have two kids. Um, <clears throat> they're both teenagers now, but when I started writing this book, uh, in, in case you don't know, it takes several years for a graphic novel to be published. So when, when I first got the idea for this, they were um either both in middle school or maybe my daughter was in upper elementary and my, my son was in middle school. They have a three year gap between them. So um, I'm trying to remember how old they were. But they suddenly started fighting a lot and they hadn't been. And then it got bad. And it was a shock to me um, uh, and my family because we weren't sure where it was coming from. It was a lot of just playing, you know, mean tricks on each other or pranks or, or just being disrespectful to each other. And I didn't want that for my kids. And being a writer, I I tend to write about things that I see, which is how my entire, you know, list of books that I've published has come about. Um, But I see something happening usually with my kids and I want to write about it because that's how I process. But I also feel like there must be other kids who are going through similar things. And so I kept thinking, you know, um, what would make siblings that were pretty friendly with each other? get into this sudden conflict, where would that come from? How would they resolve it? What could parents do? Because, you know, I was worried. I was I was really worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the story kind of gained shape. But, you know, as, as any writer knows, once you start with a little seed of an idea, you still have to come up with the whole plot and what's going to happen and what are some of the background um, backstories and things like that. And uh, so in the story, the two characters are twins, they're not um, like my kids, older Mm -hmm. and younger siblings. Um, And there's a lot of backstory that, that happens in flashbacks in the book um about how they got came where they into the stage where they couldn't stand each other they had been growing apart they have completely completely different or opposing interests it's not like okay I don't like what you like but literally Zara the girl is into animals and and um conservationism and and taking care of the planet and um the boys into space and literally, you know, millions of light years away from his sister in terms of how he thinks and what he thinks is important. And a lot of that is um how both of these two have been treated by other people and how they've kind of um how they've how they've tried to um grapple with that and, and those perceptions coming their way by shaping who they are as people. So there's, there's a lot in that story but it's also a very basic story about taking care of a turtle so um you know like any good story there are all those layers
0: mm. yeah there are a lot of layers and I do think that you know the the outer um you know the the hostility of the outer world around them on occasion that really affects them emotionally does have a really large impact on their conflict as well because I think it also like maybe i am like psycho analyzing too much but i feel like their deep deep interests are maybe also like sort of protective or like survival techniques like it is a world that they can escape into kind of you know to yeah. escape what's going on around them and maybe that's why it's like so sacred uh like why they feel like they have to protect it too like from the other one um i saw on your website that you um you are also like an interfaith activist and that work you know obviously really um treads through this entire book um has have you approached that stuff in your other work as well at the other age levels and does the age level influence how you project the message if that makes sense
1: yes to both uh questions um I started out I'm an immigrant I'm I'm originally from Pakistan I came here to the U.S. as an adult I was um, 22 years old when I when I um came to this country and this was just maybe two three years before 9-11 and so I kind of right after 9-11 I decided that I wanted to kind of do what I could I saw a lot of um uh you know, backlash towards my community and just outsiders in general, people who were seen as outsiders may not necessarily have been somebody who was different, somebody who wasn't, you know, what it meant at that time to be an American, uh, quote unquote. So um, I wanted to be a part of that and and it gave rise to like um, a, this kind of interfaith, intercultural activism that started literally within my own community and then grew and grew and grew. I was speaking, I was, talking, I was um writing and um I did that for a good maybe 15 years, but I got I got really burned out. I I it's it's a lot, it's difficult challenge in work and you get a lot of, you know, negativity thrown your way. Um but you know also whenever you're doing something for that long, oftentimes you think that there's it's time for a change. So I still wanted to keep writing. I just um kind of changed my focus from uh, interfaith uh, you know, or non-fictional to fiction. Um, I realized that talking uh, telling stories uh, could also have a good impact, actually more of an impact on um, trying to convince people that you know you're not that different from them even though you may look different or you you may worship differently or you may speak a different language. There's a lot that we can learn from each other and that a lot there's a lot we share in terms of life experiences. Um, And you can do that really well through a story. It doesn't have to be a true story um, or about your own life, um, however you want to portray it. And so every single book I write has that mission. I feel like my overall goal and mission in life has not changed. It's still the same. It's just how I how I do that work has changed. And for me now, Um, It's more about writing these stories that are very much reflective of my and my family's experience and my community's experience, whether that community is a religious community or a cultural community or a, um, you know, marginalized community, whatever, there there is so much overlap in, in all of those. And so yes, um, all of that is still very much present. It's more obvious in some books than others. I try to focus on more of the interfaith and intercultural aspect in my books for older kids. Um, so middle grade novels and above you'll see um, my my first middle grade novel, A Place at the Table, which I ro- co-wrote with Laura Chauvin, who's um, a Jewish uh, American author. And that is very much about a Jewish girl and a Muslim girl um, trying to you know, be friends when the community around them doesn't necessarily see them as that way. Um, and uh, what it means to be an immigrant and an outsider and things like that. So, I, so yeah, all of those themes are there, um, in my books for older kids. My books for younger kids, like the Yasmin books, it's not as blatant. It's not, it's more about just, just showcasing what it, what a family is like if they're, um, Muslim American and Pakistani American and immigrant. Um, it's just there. There's no, actual storyline or you know plot related to those names as it would be in my books folder kids so i kind of just try to make sure that it's age appropriate when you're you know seven or six you don't care about that you just want to read a good story but you can still see a lot through the pictures you can see oh this person's mama dresses different from my mom but you know it's the same it's the same role of a mom or you know Um, they speak a different language than I do but it's easy to understand what they're saying because I have context clues so Mm. all of that is is kind of part of my work in different ways
0: that's so interesting and you know like the Yasmin books are popular with every demographic at our library Yeah, they are really wonderful and even just the work of representation is like is doing work in and of itself Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm wondering like you know with the older children, like, do you think that maybe in some cases, children are more receptive to these messages than like, you know, adults are even <laughs> like, because. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I feel like that's why I switched because yeah. I realized that, you know,
1: um, a lot of my early interfaith work was speaking to say a, a group of um, ups, adults, you know, um, and a lot they they're already set in their ways they already believe what they believe they might be open to hearing your message but a lot of times they're not um but when you're a kid you're still learning you're still forming opinions and our kids are so smart and they're so open and they're so receptive and they're not close-minded like you know <clears throat> their um older generations are and so definitely definitely I feel like um if you if you show those messages of inclusivity and uh, being kind and generous to other people and being okay with differences uh, of all kinds and embracing people who are different from you if you have those messages Um, uh, if if you give those messages to kids they grow up to be way better adults
0: so Mm -hmm. I totally
1: agree with that
0: yeah and children, I guess are you know, more malleable too the because this book does depict some children who, you know, express some islamophobic mm-hmm. sort of discriminatory views um that they probably you know picked up from the adults around Absolutely. them you know? and so they that that sort of early intervention seems like um, you know, uh, a lot more effective maybe than trying to correct that thinking when a person is an adult, you know, and their their views have sort of hardened a little bit you
1: know mm-hmm. yeah i mean they are always there're always kids who listen to you know the adults in their lives and kind of just um repeat those things not really realizing that that those might be insensitive or um ir- or ignorant but um and yeah I, I always wanted to bring that reality that not every kid is going to be you know um open and understanding and also not every adult is going to be awful and mean so uh, we want to show both sides of that for sure as writers
0: hmm. so something that i also really loved about the book is the way that um there are sort of like um facts from the world of like the interests um, that either about nature or about space. Mm -hmm. And um, I love that they are kind of threaded in and it feels very like natural to the ways that kids think too, you know, so I do, I remember being a kid and having like my really deep interests and like things that you hear or see will just sort of like spark, you know, like that fact (laughs) and like capture that kid's voice. Like how do you capture kid thinking, kid feelings? Like, do you, do you have to like get your into that sort of mode?
1: Um definitely you have to. And and for the longest time I've been, you know, <clears throat> I've had my kids that I've been watching and kind of, and my kids always go through my first drafts and give me suggestions, especially my daughter who is um a more of has a writer mindset. But um in this book in particular, there's um so these two kids in in the beginning of the book, they get their phones taken away as punishment um and which is a very very awful punishment apparently for kids honestly for me too it would be a pretty bad situation if i if i had to not be with my uh, be without my phone for a while but um they are there they love their phones because of these apps that they have on their phones and for zara there's a nature app that she's really reliant on because she's into nature and animals and she records all the things that she sees and she searches up and researches and learns from um it and so you see some of those um there and actually I had in my first draft of this of the story I did not have anything like that but when we wrote the story and then we were revising it my editor at the uh, the publishing house McMillan for a second day she suggested hey wouldn't it be cool she suggested to the artist that wouldn't it be cool if we had these little um uh most like uh, I don't know, they're like squares in some of those um, panels where it's more like a, a phone screen and you can see uh, some information about whatever they're talking about in terms of an animal or a fact. And then since we were doing it for Zara, it seemed unfair not to do it for 4 So he got some of his app space facts as well, because he's a two. He needs his phone to watch NASA videos and learn more about um, the different, you know, um, bodies in space. And um, yeah, I just, I think it's cool um, to have that little bit of a learning component and to make it more realistic was, like you said, kids um, often do learn that way and they're so reliant on their technology now that um, that is how they are getting a lot of information um, Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. You know, you're talking about something, just pick up your phone, search it up and it's there. So it's literally how a lot of us live now, especially the younger um, generation,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely. And um, something that I love about it too is that you know, so they start with these kind of like antagonistic views towards each other's interests, but as their phones are removed from uh, the equation, they sort of are like almost forced <laughs> to to get these glimpses into each other's world, and they come to like respect each other a little bit, you know. And right. so it's fun to see, like, um, you know, it felt really real, you know, that like because they they are very antagonistic but also like there are moments of like real love and bonding between them too yeah and, like, yeah because when you are a kid you can you can ping pong between those things like in 30 seconds you know like you, yeah. so. <laughs> absolutely and that was the point of
1: <clears throat> the parents giving them that punishment the punishment was they take their phones away but also secondly they have to spend all their time at the at this week long vacation they're on together and um it was um it was intentional because the hope was that if they hang out together they'll see how the other one kind of functions and um hopefully you know get into a little bit of the other person's interest um so yeah yeah kids are kids are kind of a lot of that seesaw emotions yeah. going on
0: <laughs> um before we wrap up could you talk a little bit about the art because it is fantastic, um, and your artist really I think um, captures both like a really beautiful environment and does really beautiful storytelling like with character design and faces and stuff like that. So can you talk about like yeah how you found each other and how that collaboration worked?
1: Yeah, so usually uh, an uh, an artist or illustrator for a project is found or located by the publisher. So um, authors don't always or usually they don't typically get um even beforehand knowledge. Um and my publishers are awesome in the fact that they'll run things by me. They'll tell me, hey, this is who we're considering. I think there were two or three people that they were considering. And then um as is always the case, those those people kind of audition for the art. You know, they'll send in samples and whoever we kind of like feel fits the 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 tone of the story. Um, uh, gets gets chosen or offered the contract. So I didn't really do any part of it. I didn't know who she was beforehand. Um Shazene Khan, she is um, she lives in England. She's um from her family heritage is from Bangladesh. So she's also got the South Asian background. And um it was really important to me to have that. Uh, it always is for all my for all my books, and my publishers always happy to um, to accommodate that. But um, she's such a great choice because her art is. She's a great artist, but it also fits so well with the story because it's the story is set on the beach, and her her art is like almost it's like watercolor. There's a lot of blues and greens, and there's you know the beach at night, and the beach in the morning, and the beach in the evening, and um and those depictions of space, and and it's just so. Uh, She really brings everything to life, including the characters, for sure. So I'm very happy with the result. She is phenomenal. And um, it really fit with everything, you know, that the story was speaking. It kind of like was the vehicle to tell the story, her art.
0: I have have a, a comics partner. She does the art. And we've only written like two things so far, so we haven't done a lot. But I know like that feeling of like giving her words and then getting amazing pictures back is just like yeah. it, it feels like a miracle every time you're like what you know it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah it is cool um there's a lot
1: of revisions and and um back and forth though that goes on in a graphic novel especially of this length so you know the artist usually does sketches and then and I get and, and I do have a lot of art notes in my in my script so it, typically a writer would write a script almost like a play or a screenplay but there's always a lot of notes and uh, that to kind of like show your vision you know like if it's a school that the characters are in then kind of describing what the school looks like or what the community around them looks like or what the kids are what the people are wearing things like that so you do have those to help guide the art the artist um but there's always back and forth you know things come back and then you ask for more definition or or maybe this this scene could be go on more you could expand it into more panels more pages so that that's kind of um uh regularly done by everybody but um it's thankfully not where i just get surprised with the final product because i would you know I would, I, i'm sure everyone would have a lot of comments or feedback so they, <laughs> they give me lots of chances to you suggest, you know, oh, can we change this, or this doesn't work, or how do you, how can we make this better?
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's like a very, it seems like a very interesting uh, kind of collaborative experience, and I wonder, like, if you are giving notes on what the, uh, you know, to give guidance for the images, like, those notes must take up, just as much if not more space than just the dialogue too right like because you have to probably get really uh detailed <laughs> yeah i mean it's not very frequent usually at the beginning of every
1: scene it would kind of describe where they are or what they're doing um <clears throat> a lot of times my editor um, ask for, you know, notes on expressions, like what is, 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 do you want, do you want Zara to be upset or shocked? Because oftentimes if it's just dialogue, then it may be difficult to know. So yeah, some of those, but it's not constant. I mean, you can't, that wouldn't be like, I wouldn't want any illustrator to tell me how to write my story. So I don't want to kind of limit them to how to draw. But yeah, just, you know, usually beginning of a scene. Um, and, some cases, it's more than others. You know, if it's more culturally specific, um, you know, what somebody's dress um, is important to get. For example, in this book, Zara's hijab correct and the length of her her, her dress and make sure that she's covered properly or, um, you know, all of those things that somebody from uh, might just need a little bit more direction in. But the good news was Shazeen also part of the same culture as me. So I didn't have to tell her a lot. She already knew a lot of stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. you know the final product is lovely and this book was such a joy to read and I'm very excited to be able to share it with more of our patrons and my family members so thank you so much for joining us and for you know bringing me this lovely book thank you I'm I'm, um, looking forward to having people read it and as always people
1: can message me on my website or on social media to tell me what they think hopefully good things
0: but always open to hear what what readers are saying Nice. All right. You hear that, listeners? <clears throat> you absolutely need to check out Saving Sunshine by Sadia Faruki. It is an absolutely lovely, lovely book. And I think uh, readers of all ages will really enjoy it because I'm 40 and I loved it. <laughs> so- <I'm glad. laughs> all right. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. It is now time to close this chapter. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.